In this video, I'm going to be talking about the secret yet predictable pattern of money and how we can be certain that soon the financial world is in for a complete overhaul. I've been investing in numerous different asset classes for around eight years, since about 2012. Real estate, gold, silver, the stock market, and in the last few years, cryptocurrency, the new craze. And it is this, it's the cryptocurrency that got me to actually learn about money because I had fellow investors telling me not to invest because you don't understand it. And they were right in a sense. After hearing it countless times, I finally took it upon myself to actually look into the cryptocurrency, but also money itself, rather than just making it a speculative investment. What I found was that not only did I not understand cryptocurrency, I didn't understand anything about money. It was the study of cryptocurrency that revealed the qualities of money and the critical difference between real money and currency, which is what we use today in, in terms of the pound, the dollar, the euro, that's fiat money, and that's what we consider currency. And this is something that most people miss, the subtle difference between money and currency. Why don't we know this? I'm not sure. I don't think it's some nefarious agenda. Um, I just think that human beings never learn from their mistakes, and there's a continual cycle that goes on every civilization, right? So everything runs in cycles and the monetary system is no different to that. The start of currency. Around 5,000 years ago, the ancient Egyptians began using gold and silver as a, a form of currency, but it wasn't yet money, which is a very important technicality. And the reason being is that the metals were of odd purities. Uh, they came in different sizes, different weights. This made trade difficult as you couldn't put a price on anything. It was, a, it was a guessing game. So let's look at a table of what currency is. Currency is a medium of exchange. You can trade it with other people with the same or different currencies. It's portable, which means you can take it anywhere. It's durable, which means it's difficult to destroy, not that you'd really want to anyway. Divisible, you can make change into smaller percentages. And it's fungible, which essentially means it's interchangeable which means that one pound in my pocket buys the same amount as yours, okay? This sounds great, but there's something missing, which is where money comes in. So onto the money table now. Money is all of those things, but there is one additional quality compared to currency. It's a store of value. This means that it retains its purchasing power over time. Throughout our known history, gold and silver have been the means of this store of value. Why do we use them in particular? I'd suggest that at a deeper level, it's because there are esoteric properties of the metals, but that's probably beyond the scope of this video. I'll talk about that in the future for anyone who cares to indulge in that. Money has a global unit of account, which means that all over the world, it is the same price, much like Bitcoin today which is something I'm gonna talk about later in the video. For thousands of years, gold and silver have maintained their purchasing power, while every single fiat currency has a 100% value rate. And we are no different today. Our currencies are becoming more and more worthless. 
The more that is printed and put into an economy, the more worthless it becomes. As I speak here, the US government is putting in another $1.9 trillion into their economy. That will have increased the money supply by 40% in the last 12 months alone. And we cannot ignore that. It isn't going to get any better. Trying to solve a problem by doing the same thing that causes the problem in the first place is doomed. It cannot work. And as Albert Einstein said, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result. So what happens with currency? Now we have this base covered. What is the secret pattern of money? There are seven steps to the cycle. It happens over and over because we never seem to learn. As we're going through the cycle, see where you think we are today. Number one, sound money. Gold and silver or money backed by gold and silver. In ancient Greece, this money was called the drachma. Ancient Greece being the first civilization that we are aware of that had a working tax system and a free market. In ancient Rome, this money was called the numus ureus or gold money in today's language. These coins were made of gold and silver or a mixture of the two. The British pound was backed by gold between 1844 until 1931 and the US dollar was backed by gold between 1879 to 1971. This was same money. Uh, it had intrinsic value. You could take your paper money to the bank and should you wish they'd give you the equivalent amount of gold. When a currency comes off the gold standard, however, the problems begin because the only thing the currency is backed by is the government which has control over the supply. That's a lot of trust in governments with a very, very shaky record. Number two, the money takes on more of an economic burden. It adds layer upon layer of public works, such as public buildings, infrastructure, roads, welfare, things like that. And as this happens, there is a slight stress on the money supply. More and more is needed to keep up with the demand of the growing and flourishing civilization. Number three, more political influence. As prosperity grows, so does the political influence. One of the consequences of this is an ever-growing military for self-protection. More pressure is put on the money supply to, to fund this ever-growing military. Number four, military use. The military is used either for self-protection or to expand their foothold. The expenditure of the currency explodes. It needs more and more to keep funding it. In ancient Greece, this occurred when the, uh, the Greeks decided to participate in the war with Sparta. Today, we see a huge US military, often considered a war machine, meddling in the business of countries all over the world. Number five, currency debasement. To continue funding the war, the government debases the currency, either by debasing the gold and silver coins with base metals, or in more modern times, creating a currency with an unlimited supply, which can be created on a whim. We see this today with the central banking system and the Federal Reserve in the US. Here is an example of the recent currency debasement in the US. You can see here on the silver dimes, pre-1965, it was 90% silver. Post-1965, the dime was 91% copper and 8% nickel. 
So you can see there at the bottom, the current melt value of the pre-1965 dime was $2.10. The current melt value of the post-1965 dime is $0.02. Cents. Probably less than that now. As I mentioned earlier, the US has pumped 40% of its entire currency supply into the economy in the last 12 months. This is a radical currency debasement and it's only going to get worse. It's not only the US, the UK have been pumping, I think they've done about 750 billion through their quantitative easing program and the European Central Bank have pumped over a trillion euros into the Eurozone. For most people, those numbers cannot be comprehended in monetary terms. It's just simply enormous. With modern technology, debasement of currencies is easier than ever. There is no need to mix metals anymore. We can simply input onto an accounting record and click enter. Number six, there is a loss of faith in the currency. The population notice a decrease in purchasing power of the currency. The people realise that their wealth is being eroded by the incompetency of the government and it is the beginning of a financial meltdown. Here is a graph showing the purchasing power of the US dollar. You can see there over time how it's just completely eroded. Um, 1912, 1913, I believe the Federal Reserve was created. And a big date there is 1971 and 1972, which is when President Nixon took uh, the US dollar off the gold standard. And as you can see, all it's done since then is completely devalue. And they're into 2020, into 2021, and it's going to get worse. Another useful graph showing the correlation between the increase in currency supply and the decrease in the purchasing power of the dollar, how they're correlated. I think at this point, it'd be a good idea to mention Gresham's Law. Gresham's Law states that the bad money drives out the good. For example, if coins containing metal of different value have the same value as the legal tender, the coins composed of the cheaper metal, such as nickel and copper, will be used for payment, while those made of the more expensive metal, like gold and silver, will be hoarded or exported and thus tend to disappear from circulation. However, in times of currency crisis, such as hyperinflation, Gresham's law works in reverse, meaning good money wipes out the bad money and usually very, very quickly. At this point, the population have latched onto the problems with the currency and Gresham's law begins to work in reverse. Number seven, the currency collapse. There is a mass movement out of currency to assets with intrinsic value, such as precious metals, real estate, and now Bitcoin. The prices of assets such as gold and silver increase as they need to account for the enormous quantity of currency that was created. Gold currently trades around $1,800 an ounce. If the dollar was backed by gold, then gold would be a lot higher, perhaps up to $10,000 an ounce. So you can see the huge difference there. At this point on the cycle, there is an enormous wealth transfer to people who had the foresight to get out of fiat currency and into real money like gold, silver, and now Bitcoin. So where are we now? We've definitely moved through stage five and are well into stage six. There could even be an argument that we are into stage seven. In the last three years, gold has gone up 33%, silver 65%, and Bitcoin has done hundreds of thousands of percentage points. All of this while the fiat currencies in your pocket 
have been decreasing as the governments and central banks create more and more worthless currency. There is a lot of speculation out there that the US dollar won't be the reserve currency of the world for much longer, which raises the question, what will? That brings us nicely onto Bitcoin. We have moved into a new technological age that can't be disputed. In the future, historians will look back and know this time is a great period of creativity and technological advancement. Perhaps the most disruptive of these technologies, at least in the financial world, is Bitcoin. It has all of the properties that gold has, but there is no need to carry it around and store it in vaults. There is only a limited supply, like gold, and therefore it gets more scarce the more it is mined. It can be traded instantly. It is a medium of exchange. It's portable, durable, divisible, fungible, and a store of value. Yes, it's volatile, but that's because it's new. It is money. Can this overtake gold's throne as the king of wealth creation and preservation? I think so. To learn some more about Bitcoin, I recommend listening to people like Michael Saylor, Raoul Powell, and Lark Davis. I'll put those in the description. Their knowledge is far superior to mine on all things cryptocurrency, so it would probably be worthwhile listening to people like that. Thank you for listening. Please take a look at my Patreon page for more insights like these and some exclusive content covering all things that help you maintain your individual sovereignty as we evolve through this vastly changing world. The link is in the description. Please hit that subscribe button. Thank you very much. I'll see you in the next video.